Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Capitalism, not consumption. Welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. I'm glad you clicked play. Today's show was provoked by another podcast that I do, Hot Springs Village InsideOut.com, HSV for short. We did a show because that's a podcast unlike any other podcast I've ever done that we began to get sponsorship interest and we took them on well we took on actually we took on one we took on a media partner a radio station and we took on one paid sponsor and a few people not many one or two just kind of came at us like ah you're selling out so we did a special show that yes we're capitalists and we weren't ashamed of it at all and it provoked a YouTube commenter to go on some diatribe about capitalism is built on consumption. Anyway, a very negative view of capitalism. So let's talk about the distinctions and the differences. Are there any between capitalism and consumption? I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm hitting the record button quite frequently these days. A true confession. I am a month ahead of myself. This podcast over the course of more than 20 years, I have never, ever had multiple episodes in the can, as they say. You've already recorded them. You've got them prepared. You've got them scheduled to release. Now, ideally, in all of my other podcasts, I like to be two weeks ahead. This podcast, I've never operated that way. I've just, it's just whenever the mood hits, I record. And typically, typically, I've hit record and I've hit publish. I would say within days, you know, within maybe one or two days, I've just, I've never been ahead. And I was up last night as I am wont to do. And it dawned on me that because of some changes that are happening and the yellow studio version 2.0, which is what I currently dub this iteration because 2.0 is going to go away Maybe I'm, there's something psychological happening here. Maybe I'm, I'm just trying to capture as much as I can while I'm in this space, knowing that I'm not going to be in this space all that much longer. I don't know. I don't know. 
capitalism, not consumption. Capitalism is defined as an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. So I have declared for a long, long time, I am an unabashed capitalist. I am a proponent of private ownership of enterprise. I am not a proponent of communism or socialism. I am not a proponent of the state operating enterprise. I am a proponent of private owners operating, and I am a proponent of the market, which means if you are a capitalist, as I view myself, then you understand the market makes winners and losers of us all. And it's how it's just how it is. It's how it should be in my estimation. Now this necessarily means that there should be healthy, fair, equitable competition, private owners for profit who put in the work who have the clever ideas, who perform the execution, and the market decides, yeah, we're in. We support that. We like that. And you become a winner. Or the market says, well, we don't care anything at all about that. And you become a loser because the market decides. You know, practitioners and supporters of capitalism are capitalist and i've long declared myself to be one but i think capitalism as i've just said it it's also in my estimation based on it should be based on fair competition and merit i understand that markets get manipulated i understand that there is this thing called corporate espionage i, I understand the nefarious dirty games that go on. And I don't have an answer because there are bad humans and some of the bad humans are capitalists <laughs> and some of them are very good capitalists. I don't have an answer for that. I mean, bad humans are going to be bad humans. And I don't personally believe that we're going to legislate that or regulate that out of existence. They're just bad people, but those same bad people could also be in power in a government that runs everything. How's that going to work out for you? So with the understanding that high integrity is often absent, it is also absent in socialism and communism and every other kind of ism you want to look at. And many are based on philosophies that are opposed to competition and merit. Just study Russia. Just study Russia and the westernization of Russia over the years and the, hor the horrific corruption that takes place. So don't confuse capitalism with consumption or consumerism. I understand that they are somewhat tied together, but it's a chicken versus egg kind of a thing. If I open up a business on main street and I'm selling custom made t-shirts, the buying public, the market is going to determine if I make it or not. 
Sure, I'm in control of a lot of the variables, including my cost, my marketing, my location, my pricing, and a whole lot more. I control that. The government doesn't control that. But if I fail to get any customers, I'm going to fail. The market is going to make me a loser. It's going to make my custom-made T-shirt business a loser because the market's going to say, we don't. We don't get it. We, we no, we're not going to buy your t-shirts. So entrepreneurs find needs and fill them or they try to. And sometimes entrepreneurs see a need that really isn't a need. And the reason we know this is because the market says so, because the market refuses to buy their solution. Sometimes entrepreneurs see a need that really is a need, but their execution or their timing is poor and they fail. And sometimes entrepreneurs see a need, they fill that need effectively and their timing is correct and people buy. And sometimes people buy in droves. Should the individual have the power to choose? I think it is a fundamental philosophical question, but it's practical as well. Should the individual have the power to choose? Yes. Here in America, we mostly say yes. Now, those who lean toward the left of the political spectrum seemingly place a high value on governance and legislation. That is state imposition to encourage people to do what they feel is best. Those who lean toward the right of the spectrum seemingly place a higher value on the options and the choices of the individual. And much of the debate in our country focuses, it seems to me on whether or not the individual has the capacity or the self-discipline to do what should be done or what some think would be best. Well, now, hello, Bill. I'm the guy who registered the domain surrounded by (laughs) ninnies.com. It is not lost on me that many individuals don't seem to have the capacity or the self-discipline to do what should be done. Question. So does that mean they shouldn't have the ability to make that choice? Well, now tap the brakes on that. The simpler version I think of this quandary is that if power and freedom reside with the individual, then each individual has the ability to get it wrong or to get it right or to figure it out. The point is whether or not we're going to legislate their choice, their choice. Is their choice going to be legislated or is their choice going to be something that's going to be maybe determined within the context of the greater good of society? There are behaviors that are detrimental to society and society institutes laws and regulations in order to protect the greater good of society. So a person who decides that, you know, a life of theft, that's going to be my choice. Well, you can make that choice, but you are going to face societal consequences that are imposed on you by the government because the task of the government, according to the scripture anyway, is to punish evildoers. First Peter two, verse 14 or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. I mean, it's the very reason God ordained earthly governments so that 
people could be put in check who wanted to be destructive to society. You know, humans have the capacity to love. And by having that choice, I have learned it necessarily means, well, we have other choices too. I mean, we don't, we don't have to love something. We don't have to love somebody. We can choose alternatives between love and hate, and we can choose whom to love and what to love, and we can choose whom to hate and what to hate. And then within the scale of love and hate, well, there's all kinds of stuff in between, and we are able individually to choose those degrees. And the extremes can be chosen or something more moderate can be chosen. You know, it's up to each one of us. We each get to decide. And when it comes to money, when it comes to capitalism, when it comes to consumption, so it goes with our money decisions. You know, individual choice, at least in my estimation, is optimal. It's also how God created us. God created us with free will. Now, free will is defined in philosophy and science, the supposed power or capacity of humans to make decisions or perform actions independently of any prior event or state of the universe. In other words, it's your ability to make up your own mind and do what you want. It's the ability. Well, for this conversation, that means it's the ability for you to decide how you're going to spend your money. Now, a lot of choices impact other choices. I guess it could be argued that maybe every choice we make impacts every other choice we make. And it could probably be argued philosophically that every choice we make, it impacts somebody other than just us. Now I'm not smart enough to figure all that out, but it seems to me that it's pretty clear that if we are financially irresponsible, then we are going to become, if we don't immediately become, we're eventually going to become a burden on somebody else, maybe on the entire society. So we've got a responsibility to ourselves. We've got a responsibility to others to be wise with our money. Now, that doesn't mean that we handle our money to please everybody around us. But it does mean that we understand that spending more money than we earn will negatively impact us and potentially others. You know, that family that declares personal bankruptcy because their credit card debt became so enormous, they couldn't even handle the minimum monthly payments every month. They don't likely consider that those losses, those losses that are suffered by all of those businesses, well, somebody's going to have to pay to offset their idiocy, their irresponsibility. And that somebody is going to be all the other consumers of that business who were more responsible. Now I know that doesn't seem fair, but that's the way life works. Businesses are not well, unless they are a nonprofit, the for-profit enterprise, which is what we're talking about with capitalism they are not just altruistic to go eat a whole bunch of debt. And sometimes they have to, but by and large, they have to find a compensation for that couple that wants to just run up the bills, declare bankruptcy and not pay what they owe profit or loss. 
break even? Well, ideally, we all want to profit. We want to profit financially. We want to profit physically with our health. We want to profit emotionally with our mental health. We want to profit, hopefully, spiritually. Mostly, as humans, I think we want to profit, period. Now, here in America, it's just a way of life for us. And I do understand the negative of it can be such a way of life that we get really self-centered, self-focused, just downright selfish. I personally just look at these kinds of, of arguments that against capitalism, that, that that's what it fosters as though, as though that behavior like corruption or anything like it doesn't exist. It does. You telling me that it doesn't exist if the state runs all the enterprises that people don't behave in selfish ways. Come on. Humans are humans. I don't care what kind of a system you, you put us under and you impose on us. Some of us are going to behave poorly. Some of us are going to behave wisely. Some of us are going to behave with high integrity and honesty and others of us are not. It's just how it goes. Nothing's perfect. And quite frankly, the reason it isn't perfect is because we aren't perfect and it's not perfect because we're stupid and sometimes we're foolish, but for my purposes, I'm just speaking for myself. I do not place my faith and my confidence in the state, the state being a metaphor for the government, federal, state, or local. I'm very pleased. I'm very thankful. I'm quite happy to be an American. I'm quite proud to be an American. I'm glad I was born in this country. I'm glad I live in this country. I have zero desire to leave this country residentially. Well, I don't even have the desire to leave the country really much to visit, <laughs> but that's me. But see, there's perfect illustration of choice. I know people, they love nothing better than to travel, 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 and they get finished with one trip and they're quick to plan another one. I, I salute it. Your choice. That's the great thing. We live, we live in a land where we can make that kind of a choice. I just don't choose to. I'm, I'm quite happy we have the ability to, but I don't want to seize the opportunity myself. Capitalism, not consumption. I've talked at length about cash flowing life and debt-free living. And I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not trying to be Dave Ramsey. We've already got Dave Ramsey besides, but stuff, 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 stuff. It's not about stuff. And not all capitalism is really based on stuff. I mean, come on, look at today's world. We are living in a world where I did not grow up in business understanding what, if, if you would have used the phrase SAS to me, that was what I got in trouble for, for talking back to my mom. You know, I was sassing. <laughs> okay. Well, SAS today is software. Is it software as a system or system as a software? It's something like that. I don't know. I'm enough high tech to be confused about such things, but we've got all these, we got these SAS types of 
of products and services. It probably stands for, here, let's just see what it stands for. I think it stands for, well, it could stand for statistical analysis system. No, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> it could stand for special air service. No. When I grew up, it stood for Scandinavian Airlines. That's that's what I most knew it for. Actually, I think it stands for services software. Let's see if I'm right. That's exactly what it stands for. No, it stands for software as a service. So it's technically S-A-A-S. Software as a service. Uh, think, think QuickBooks or Quicken. You probably use that. That's a software as a service. Zoom. Zoom is a software as a service. We, we've got all these kinds of things. Well, I don't, it's, it's, I'm really not, I'm consuming it in one sense, but I'm not consuming it in another sense. It's not some, it is a hard kind of a tangible thing that resides on my computer that I'm able to access when I need it. Uh, but it's not like the books on my bookshelf. It's not that kind of a consumption. And it's constantly updated and if, and it's a subscription model. So I'm going to pay for it every year. And if I don't want it, I don't pay for it. And if I want it, I pay for it. And if I decide to stop using it, then I stop paying for it and it goes away. And it hasn't taken up any space except a little bit of space in my computer. So there's that kind of consumption. Then there's the consumption of, you know, we leave, we go to the stores or the Amazon boxes pile up on our front porch and we're adding all this stuff. We're adding all this physical stuff, the stuff that has a physical footprint. Our houses are full of stuff. And that certainly is true enough. It's true enough in my house, 40 some odd years of marriage. And there's just a bunch of stuff. And some of it's got value. Some of it doesn't. Some of it, it had value. It had utility at one point, and maybe it's outlived its value. It's outlived its utility. And now it just needs to go away. Some of it is worth something to somebody. Some of it is worth nothing to anybody. And still other stuff doesn't have any utility. It doesn't have any inherent value in that it's a piece of paper or it's a piece of cardboard. But that piece of paper, that cardboard represents, let's say, a photograph or maybe it represents a book that a first grader did who's now 42 and it was your son. Okay. Well, that's, that's priceless. No, the cardboard and the paper itself and the crayons that were used to write it, that doesn't represent any value, but the fact that it was done that many years ago by somebody that you care deeply about makes it museum museum priceless so there's that so i get all of the negativity that some people put toward consumption and i mostly share the sentiment that we should not be obsessed with consumerism we should not be obsessed with buying the latest greatest coolest trickest thing or gadget or device or whatever i i believe that 
but I don't feel comfortable at all making that imposition on somebody else. And I've long said until somebody is writing the check, then leave me alone, leave me alone and don't bother me and don't impose on me. You want to start writing me checks. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a say, I'll let you have a vote. I still want to make the final decision, but you can at least have your say, but if you're not writing me a check, just shut up already. I don't want to hear about it. It's amazing to me. The number of people who go around with such judgment. Oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Oh, well, I wouldn't do. Oh, I don't think you ought to do this other. And it's, you know, it, it, it is my go-to move. If it pertains to money, I, I don't hear it much anymore. As you could imagine, you know, well, last I checked, you weren't writing the check for it. Last I checked, it wasn't your life. You know, I just, it's amazing to me. And I guess the, this is the elephant in the room for me. As usual, I buried the lead. I don't know why it matters to people. I really don't. I, I completely do not understand how somebody else driving a car that you yourself would not buy, how that impacts your life. I, I, I don't get it. I, there's nothing about it that makes sense to me. So somebody goes and they buy a Subaru and the person that's a Toyota aficionado. Oh, well, you shouldn't have bought a Subaru. I mean, I wouldn't have bought a Subaru. Well, kudos to you. You didn't buy a Subaru. You bought a Toyota, but he bought a Subaru and he loves his Subaru. You know, why are you throwing cold water on his parade? And why are you making a judgment about his intelligence? Because he bought a brand of a car that you personally wouldn't buy. When, by the way, there are hordes of people who swear by Subaru. <laughs> no, I don't, but I've only bought one. And the one I bought was, you know, their bell cow model at the time. It was that Subaru STI really really high tech, powerful machine. And I hated that car, but I hated it for various and sundry reasons. I, I don't, I don't castigate the entire Subaru brand because of my experience. It's not what I would buy, but I'm not going to make a judgment on somebody else who buys one. I, I think they're good looking rides myself. I could be quite tempted by one to tell you the truth, but my point is you drive a Subaru and I don't, but I've got some negative judgment on you because you do. I, I just don't. Why do I let that affect my life? I, I just don't understand it. I don't, but there's so many things like that, that I don't understand during the pandemic, the whole mask wearing thing. Now here in Texas, mask went away pretty early. I did for a period of time, wear mask in certain situations, just out of deference and respect to other people. Uh, I, I didn't have a personal conviction that this mask, that this cloth or paper or whatever, I, that this was going to be my lifesaver. I, I, I could be wrong. I'm not a scientist. Don't know. I, but I, I did have respect for other people and I thought, you know, it's no skin off my nose. I'll put it on. I, I can show respect for those people who who do put greater faith in it than perhaps I do. It's, but all of the negativity, all the venom that, that you saw about it. And I'm like, okay, so I'm out and about and I see somebody walking their dog and they have a mask on. Yes. I'm absolutely thinking in my head, 
why would you do this? You're out, you're out in open air. You're around nobody. I mean, unless I guess you're trying to protect your dog. I don't know. But the very second thought was immediately after that one is she's walking her dog and wearing a mask out and about that. How does that affect me? I mean, she could wear a paper bag over her head with eye holes poked out of it. And it has no impact on me other than I might get tickled by it, but that's the part I don't get. And that's the part I don't get about this whole capitalism stuff and, and all the negativity that, that people want to associate with it. Okay. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're radically opposed to it, you're, and you're living in America. Well, yeah, you're living in the wrong country, but I got news for you. You're going to have a hard time finding any country to live in (laughs) because capitalism is capitalism is pretty rampant these days. If you haven't noticed freedom, isn't, but capitalism, private ownership of, of enterprise and businesses is pretty global these days. Now it's more imposed in some areas than, than others, but all you got to do is look at all the stuff that you've got well on your wrist or in front of you, the keyboard that you, uh, anything in your, in your home, just it's likely that it came from China. So here you've got a very strong state controlled system, but we've got a ton of Western companies that we're outsourcing our manufacturing. So there is that listen, it's a murky world. There's no question. There's, there's, there's a ton of gray for me. It just boils down to individual private ability to decide what I love about America. There's many things I love about America. None of the least of which is the ability for us to have the freedom to choose. As stated by our constitution, the freedom for us to worship, the freedom for us to assemble, the freedom for us to speak, the freedoms of choice that we enjoy, I greatly prize. And I'm, I thank God for them every day. I'm thankful that I was fortunate enough to be born here and to be a citizen here and that I can live here. I'm thankful for our economic system. I don't pretend to understand our political system. I'm not thankful for all the wrangling. I'm not thankful for, I'm not thankful for the idiocy, but I'm smart enough and experienced enough to know that the idiocy is going to exist no matter what the system is. It could be argued. Okay. Well, some systems magnify it greater than others, perhaps, but this is the one we're in and could it be better? It could absolutely be better. Will it be better? I don't know. I'm not putting a whole lot of faith and confidence in that. I mean, when you look at the elected officials, especially when you look at them nationally, let's just stick with that. And you say, this is the best we've got. These are our choices. Yeah. That's, that seems kind of depressing to me. And there's something inherently wrong in my opinion with, you know, all of the lobbying that goes on and all of the underhanded dealings that don't seem so underhanded. It's just the way life works. 
It's just, it's people being out for themselves and elected officials who stay in Washington and it's a career move and they get extremely wealthy and they've got power and they've got influence and they're there for decades upon decades upon decades. And it's funny how, you know, every two to four years, you know, depending on where they fall as a winner or a loser, then it's, we, we castigate, we castigate the very system that we're completely entrenched in. It makes no sense to me as a business person. It makes no sense to any right thinking business person. The fact that we don't have term limits. I mean, come on, we could just go on and on and on about the things that could be improved, but nobody's asked me and I don't have any faith. I don't have any confidence that that's going to improve. What I do have faith and confidence in is that our country is not going to allow the freedoms to be completely eroded. Yes, I get that it could be argued that they've been eroded and they're going to continue to be eroded. And perhaps that's true. And perhaps like that proverbial boiling water that frogs are in. And yeah, I get it. It it could happen. Of course it could happen. I would hope and pray that it's a bit more difficult in today's world than it was in worlds past because information is so open. The problem with all the open information is the fact that there is open disinformation. There are lies upon lies upon lies. And there is just, there is such a degree of hypocrisy in the world today that it's, it's just, it's just hard to fathom really hard to fathom. As I hit the record button, we are less than a week away removed from Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme court. And as best I can understand it, giving the right to the state to make the decision, basically taking the stance that at a federal level, this is not, this is not our, this is not our deal. The states need to accept the ability to make this decision for themselves. And you just, you're just seeing this uproar and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm really confused. So are we saying that we don't believe the States should have the right or are we, are we expressing a lack of confidence in the States to do what we would like them to do, what we want them to do? I, I don't, I don't really understand. And then if you want to get down to the actual issue of abortion, I am an unapologetic Christian, and as an unapologetic Christian, I'm opposed to abortion. You couldn't be a Christian and be otherwise, by the way. I I don't, there's no way, because killing is condemned in Scripture. God condemns it, period. So there's that. But it's fascinating to me, just on a sociological level, to observe the venom and the rage about the Supreme court saying, we're going to push this. This is not a federal thing. States, you, you people need to decide this. Y'all need to decide this at a state level. And the venom toward the court is, is unbelievable to me. Then you couple it with the issue at hand. We are in full favor of murdering millions of unborn children. 
and then a mass shooting happens at a school and we need stronger legislation and we get amped up and we get worked up because these guns, these guns are killing, they're killing people. They're killing these kids. Well, not anywhere near the number that abortions are killing kids, but some are born and some are not born. And that seems to be the distinction. It makes no sense to me. I don't understand the hypocrisy here. I could at least have respect if you're going to be consistent. I mean, save them all, kill them all. I, I, I mean, I don't, what's your, what's your pick your poison here. I, I don't, I don't understand life. Life has sanctity or it doesn't. You respect life or you don't, you can politicize it all you want, but listen, I told somebody the other day, I, I, the Bible says that at creation, which I believe, and I know that puts me in a horrific minority, but so be it. The Bible says God created, I believe it. And he created them male and female. Well, that the whole world understood that until recently. And now we don't, I, I mean, I I don't even have the brain power to figure out, (laughs) to figure out gender. I, 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 I grew up always knowing and believing there were two male and female turns out society says, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, there's dozens. Really? Well, I, you know, you feel like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What planet did I just drop into point? You can't legislate wisdom. You can't legislate common sense. You can't legislate honesty. You can't legislate integrity. You can't legislate clear thinking. You can't legislate faith. Truth is an awful lot of people don't believe in God. Truth is an awful lot of people don't believe the Bible. Truth is the majority of people don't. And if they say they do, well, watch their life. You're not living like you do. You're not proposing ideas like you do. I don't know the answer to all these issues. I don't have an answer for, for all these problems. I have made my own decisions. And those are decisions that I am thankful that I live in a country where I am free to make those. I I don't, do I understand all the hubbub and all the, here's what worries me about capitalism, not consumption. Here's what worries me about the Supreme court decision and other things is the mass throng of loud versus the mass throng of silent, the mass throng of those of us that privately appreciate our ability to make our choices and to live our lives and do go about our lives, knowing that the lady who's walking her dog, wearing a mask and we choose not to wear a mask. She has no impact on us and she doesn't. The problem is we're surrounded by ninnies and I would now correct that and say, we're now surrounded by loud ninnies. And I don't think shouting's the answer, but all of the noise and all of the agenda and the fact that I absolutely positively know for a fact, because I learned it in journalism school, 
we have a media that has a bias. And I got a news flash for you. The media has always had a bias. There are some in the media who work hard to try to expose that bias, but that's getting more difficult by the day. You know, it's, it's like draining the ocean. Good luck with that. So what is the point of all this? I think for me, number one, the point is gratitude. The point is I'm thankful to live in a country where trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit and not the state. I'm thankful for that. Number two, I'm thankful that we have the ability to choose. I'm thankful that we can go to the store and if we choose to buy it, we can. And if we don't, we don't. I'm thankful for the fact that some of us choose to try to live wisely. But I'm also aware that because we have the choice to choose wisely, it also necessarily means we have the choice to, per, to live foolishly. The God that created us with the capacity to love also gave us the capacity to hate. We get to decide what we love and what we hate and all those feelings and emotions in between. Freedom. I guess in a word, I'm thankful for freedom. You had freedom. You didn't have to click play. And you didn't have to hang with it. But if you're still hearing me, then you did. So thank you. I don't claim to always be right. I'm only going to plant my flag and make the declaration that I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I'm honestly wrong. Sometimes it's proven that I'm wrong. But until you prove I'm wrong, I'm right. Because <laughs> that's how I roll. Quite seriously, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you're along for the ride. I hope we provide some value. At the very least, I hope that we provoke a little bit of thought, maybe deeper thought, contemplation. It's a big part of it, you know, the whole figuring it out stuff. As an old mentor used to say, you know, I've been rolling this around in my mind. I don't think we do enough of that these days. I don't think we roll enough around in our mind. And, and I got to thinking about this the other night. I, I think leaning toward wisdom is largely a roll it around in your mind project. I mean, that's just as good a way to describe it as any, don't you think? So I hope it provides some value and I'm going to squeeze in as many episodes as I can before I ditch this iteration of the yellow studio. It's coming. And I hope soon I'll keep you updated. The website is leaning Join the Facebook group. If you care to, my name is Randy Kentrell. Greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio. <laughs>